0: to the man under construction podcast and i thought i'd change it up a bit with the new intro what do you guys think i definitely enjoy the crunching guitars and the epic intro it, it changes the dynamic going into it uh when i first uh started this podcast i didn't have much access to to music of course a lot of the music that that you want to use on podcast you have to pay for and it has licenses and it's really hard to to get something original and i'm glad that uh John over at The Toxic Man links me up with Shane, and he's the one that put this together. And I'm going to put uh, the link to his Instagram page if you're interested or need a special project like that for your podcast or something on the side. Go ahead and feel free to reach out to him. He'll put something together for you. And he just, uh, see, he simply doesn't put uh, the style of music that that I got on here. I've heard him do uh, other stuff, and I'm sure that he'd be willing to help you out. Just reach out to him, let him know what you're looking for and he and he will be putting that together for you so shane thank you very much and uh today's podcast is going to be a, a special one like they all are i have uh, my friend jeff moran who is the relentless hunter and he's also the owner of built for the hunt and he's going to share a little bit about his story and uh, the things that go on behind the hunt and and where it all started where he he came from and where uh, the hunting aspect uh, came, and he's also I I really enjoy ta- I enjoy talking to him, and I enjoy following his page, and, and just from talking to him and exchanging messages, I know that this guy he's a good dude. He is a good dude. He's been through a lot, but the way he approaches hunting is is just uh, awesome. He has a respect for it. He respects the the mountains that he climbs. He just has this this respect for what he does. And he doesn't do it in a barbaric way and that's one thing that i'm drawn to him he and also he's uh he's a very intimidating guy he he looks like this this mean dude but uh deep inside after after you hear this conversation uh you find out that he's just a big bear and um and that's what i like about him he's he's a real cool dude and we'll, we'll jump right uh into that in a few seconds here i just want to thank god for this opportunity to do another podcast and without him i wouldn't be here sharing uh, the stories of, of other awesome dudes, and my story as well. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God's mercy and grace. And I want to uh, say a special thank you to my wife, Sheila, who supports what I'm doing 100%. She's behind me all the time, and she's very encouraging. And although I may not always follow the things that I share, I, <laughs> I'll admit that, that sometimes I do slip up, but I'm so glad that, that I can learn from my lessons and be that better man, be that better husband, father, friend, and, and just be able to inspire other guys out there to do better and to be more. So without any more delay, Jeff Moran joins us via Zoom. This is a pre-recorded conversation, so I hope you enjoy it, and here we go. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Man Under Construction podcast. I have a, an amazing guest today. I've been following following him on Instagram for a while, and it, it's I love uh, watching the stuff that he shares, the content that he shares. It, it bleeds masculinity, and uh, I, I, I try to absorb as much of it as I can. Being a city boy, so uh, you know, I get <laughs> I get some of that I get some of that ruggedness uh, through through the my my friend's page here uh, today. Uh, the guest joining me is Jeff Moran. He uh, he goes by Relentless Hunter on Instagram, and he's the founder of Built for the Hunt. Thank you for joining us, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I actually, I don't remember when you and I first started talking on Instagram, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm from the Boise, Idaho area, but I kind of live all over the country. Uh, well, once again, my name is Jeff Moran. Uh, yeah. I guess Instagram wise, it's, it's Relentless Hunter uh, with HNTR at the end. So the U and the E are gone. But uh, Built for the Hunt is the company that I own, and it, it's primarily based around like the outdoors and the fitness community. Uh, and I guess we'll get into that in a minute. But I've uh, I'm in my mid thirties and traveled around for years in in sales and uh, different business. Actually, primarily I've lived in the inner city um, across all the country in like 22 different states over the last decade, mm-hmm. uh, doing different sales jobs and. Then, but I grew up in Idaho and I think it was, I always came back for hunting and the outdoor stuff and fitness has always been a part of my life. And and so I actually recently moved back here. Um, That's where we're going to launch like our bigger headquarters. We've been primarily online based company for a little while. Um, And then we'll, we'll kind of transition into brick and mortar and a bunch more stuff and start hosting events. We have trade shows and everything else coming up. So. It's uh, it's getting back to kind of my roots and the outdoors and and uh, getting away from the hectic city life that you know all too well. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I can uh, yeah, man. And like you said, uh, I don't recall exactly when we uh, crossed paths on Instagram. I, I was just, I think it was early on on uh, the man under construction page that I had recently opened, and I was trying to uh, look up
2: uh,
0: you know masculine stuff, you know rugged, tough stuff. And I I came across yours and, and, and uh, some other hunters as well, but I came across yours and I was like, man, I gotta gotta follow this guy. So I followed you for a little bit, and then um, I just reached out to you. I was like, hey, you know, um, I'd like to do a have you on the podcast. And I, I think at that time you mm-hmm. might have been busy, and you responded, yeah, you know, uh, you kind of. You, I'm pretty sure you looked at me and it's like, who's this little guy here here trying to talk to me? You no, know, I don't. <laughs> actually, if I
1: if I'm going to go back and I'll remember it, and I'm sure we'll probably get into some of it. So I went, I've gone through some, some rough, difficult stuff over the last, well, how, whoever knows how long, but I, the last like year and a half has been kind of difficult. And so anytime I look like to, I don't know, heartfelt inspiration, something like that. And, and, uh, some of my past like mistakes and, and life and everything kind of tailor fit into some of the, the stuff that you post. And I do remember that. The most part because I I follow a couple different uh pages that are similar, they may not be running a podcast, but the idea of it and yeah, how to treat people and everything else kind of flows in the way that my brain functions and works. So, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it. No, if people ask me to do a podcast, I'm always down for the most part. This one's a little bit different for me, but
0: (laughs) yeah, and and I, I know, um what you're used to is, is getting on a podcast and talking about hunting and, and yeah, we, and I do want to get into that, but I, I like, I, I want uh, to use this opportunity, opportunity for, for people to, to get to know the guy, you know, behind the, behind the mountain scaling and with the uh, antlers, antlers, what am I trying, the, <laughs> <laughs> the you're <deer>. not killing <laughs> reindeer.
1: <laughs> you, you know, if I could go to Norway and uh, hunt hunt reindeer and
0: caribou, I would do it. In Harvey, but oh, man. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm actually, I'm very honored that you, you've, uh, you've joined me and, uh, you know, make yourself uh, vulnerable and be able to talk about some of the stuff, uh, some of the inspiration that led you to, uh, to start hunting and, and your company. So uh, I do recall you uh, saying you were, you were, sh- I know you share some uh, on your stories on Instagram, you share, you know, some feedback or you share personal stuff on there. And I recall you mentioning something, that you had uh some scholarships uh and if i'm not mistaken baseball right you said baseball
1: baseball yeah, scholarships so,
0: for college yeah, so, and um yeah, yeah if, if you could share that man uh because i i remember you saying that you had an injury and that kind of took everything away <laughs> uh if you could share that that part of your story with us
1: yeah so i mean i grew up always interested in like sports and everything like everybody else and actually you down there in Texas, you know, I grew up an Oilers fan. Uh, so we got oh, the Houston Oilers. Uh, <laughs> Warren,
0: you're talking about Warren Moon now.
1: Oh, yeah. Going way back. Dishman and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo White, I think. I don't know. Bruce Matthews. Those people. But uh, I grew up an Oilers, Astros, Rockets fan. And, and just kind of a big sports was just a, a regular part of my life. And obviously, it was part of it was my dad was the influence.
0: So is that, that, is that where you grew up? In in and Texas, I know. Yeah, I, I grew up. Oh, okay. In Idaho.
1: So honestly, if we're gonna get down to it, and this might upset some people, but um, everybody, everybody in like my extended family was all Cowboys fans, and I just didn't like the Cowboys. It's uh, <laughs> <I>, okay. But, <laughs> we might get some,
0: might get some cow, you know, some Cowboys <laughs> throwing some hate on. Oh yeah, probably. But uh, it's all right. But, hey, I live. But Dallas, but so. you know what? In all honesty, next year is their year. They're gonna they're gonna they got a new coach. They're gonna to go to Bowl. They got Bowl a there. new coach.
1: We'll see. We'll see what happens. If uh they can they just gotta run the ball. I don't know. They paid him all that money and didn't hand off the ball. But um yeah, so I I grew up and <clears throat> wasn't really a Cowboys fan, but I grew up like redneck country style and, and so I was like, Well, Texas is kind of as country cowboy as it can get, so I just looked to the Oilers, Astros lived somewhere else in the state. And I yeah. kind of picked a, a city there. Um, been a lot of heartbreak over the years, but <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I followed the up. With myself, but the um, from a sports standpoint, yeah, I, I grew up in sports, but it was one of those things where I was always, and it goes pretty much to everything in life. I've always been really good at at pretty much everything I try, and I was the same way in, in high school and everything for sports. And so I didn't, <laughs> I probably didn't put in. Well, I know that I didn't put in the work and the effort that I should have, and I was primarily a pitcher but I was a quarterback too and so I was throwing either a baseball or football like 12 months a year and I didn't like train very well for it and <clears throat> I was going to go to college I was looking at college a couple of different colleges and scholarships and stuff to go play baseball primarily yeah I threw hard but I was like a Tim Lynchcomb style kid I was like uh, six foot tall and 145 pounds soaking wet oh man and <clears throat> but I threw hard and I, I knew what I was doing and, and then uh, something started to feel weird in my shoulder one year my senior year actually and before the season even started every like everything exploded like during a pitch my shoulder dislocated and and then uh, I kept trying to play and trying to rehab it and it didn't work and they took the wrong uh, doctors took the wrong approach to it and didn't realize it was as bad as it was and I never got to play again like I can't I could probably throw decent now but if there's a risk of pretty much everything I do with my shoulder popping in and out of socket and oh, causing yeah. Some yeah, damage you, you're
0: not so. the same anymore <clears throat>
1: yeah no so that's when that's when I actually started like the whole fitness life a little bit more of trying to well there's two different things so there's that and the idea that <clears throat> so I was five or I was six foot tall in like fifth grade and then I didn't grow <laughs> again but I my back didn't develop properly so my if uh like I'm hunched over now if I was to turn to the side you'd see it but I have what's kind of like scoliosis, which is left and right, yeah. but my back curves in and out. It's called kyphosis. So I have like a unnatural arc in the middle of my back. Yeah, and my yeah. vertebrae are shaped like wedges, not blocks. And so I had to kind of learn. Doctor told me if I didn't put on weight and I didn't put on muscle, then I was going to end up like a hunchback. And so I've always kind of tried to do it from that standpoint. And then I don't know. I just enjoy the whole fitness side of life and kept it going over the years, but there was kind of a hard lesson to learn when you're 18 year old kid think you're indestructible. And then all of a sudden now you got to start using your brains and you can't use your athletic ability.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, I'm pretty sure a lot of, uh, uh people who, who count on, on their athleticism to get them through, uh, and come, upon, come upon an injury and they have to, they have to figure out another way to, to, to move forward.
1: Yeah. It, it, kind of messes with your head at that point because you're just when you're young you think you're going to be the next great thing and then when it all kind of falls you're like oh well time to start over and figure out something else so yeah i've been all over the place with that one over the years but
0: it uh, happened young
1: and that was like 15 years ago or something
0: like that. oh man but uh when when was uh like was that like the transition when you, uh, started looking into hunting or, or was it still kind uh, of, no, so we,
1: we go back into hunting. So a lot of, well, when you're, when you grow up kind of in the small town atmosphere, Boise is a big city now, but back then I was in a town of about a quarter of the size of Boise outside of the main city. And, uh, it was just kind of like a family thing. My dad, and my uncle, always hunted together, and so when I was like ten, I think I was allowed to go on my first like hunt with my dad, and I watched him shoot a deer. When you grow up around it, and you grow up around like fishing and the outdoors and stuff, there, I mean, there's not much to do here in the middle of farm country in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And so you you learn to do those sort of things, whether it be like riding horses or farming or anything else. I remember going out and like shoot. We go out like pick corn and potatoes and yeah, potatoes, like that's a stereotypical <laughs> thing. That's what we did um, some of that stuff as a kid. So <clears throat> that's, that's where I started hunting. It was one of those things we looked up to my dad and my uncle. And, oh,
0: so it was, it was a family thing. Like you guys <clears throat> did yeah, that as a it, family.
1: Yes, but that was, I'll say that was a completely different type of hunting for the most part from what I do now. Okay. Uh, people go to my page and they see what I do now. Um, that's not how I started hunting. When I started hunting, it was kind of like you drive around in a truck and you glass. And if you see something, you might go after it. If not, then stay warm in the truck and you drive around kind of like a road hunter is what they call them for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, and you shoot a rifle and you could shoot out at the distance. And then I kind of evolved into, I evolved into archery. I don't remember what, like, possessed me to start doing that. That was about a decade ago, 10 years, nine, 10 years ago. And um, I always, I think as I was growing up, when I was hunting with a rifle and everything, I always wanted to, to experience, I, I guess I'm one of, I'm one of those guys that if I can experience something, then I'm all for it. Like I want to go travel the world and see all this crazy stuff. And, and uh, I'm like the, the black sheep, the family, you could call it because everybody else is Everybody just wants to stay in this tight knit little small town life. And at like 19 years old, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and that was like a huge cultural shock. Yeah, I it, bet. <laughs> <it> became...
0: <laughs> you got and, homesick? Uh,
1: no, oh, no, no, no. No, you didn't get I just, homesick I on that appeared. one. I, I was, I was ready to be out of here. I actually, this is the first time I've lived back in Idaho in like over 10 years, like 12 years probably. Oh man! Uh, except for a small portion when I was going to college for. My degrees that I got in, like I guess I was here for a year and a half, two years during that time. But um, <clears throat> so when I, from a hunting standpoint, I was always interested in like going way off the road, like way off grid. I didn't want to see any people. I just because I always felt like that was that was more of a traditional way to do it, I guess. Um, yeah. And then when I started bow hunting is when I actually first kind of disappeared off of no man's land and into really rough, rugged terrain, and now it's kind of become a a part of who I am, and anybody who goes and checks me out on social media and everything, a lot of it has to do, too, with the lessons. I relate to it a lot, and I'm sure you've seen it in posts, like, the lessons that you can kind of learn from back there, and how much you're actually capable of, and what it can do for, like, your me, like even a mental health standpoint to just kind of get away from that stand, just mm-hmm. get away from the rat race. But then also noticing like that there's a lot more to you than that won't meet the eye. Like you you can go farther than you think you can. You can push yourself harder than you think you can. It, it's I mean shoot this year, this year we were out of water and miles back in the bottom of some nasty canyon and we found a way to make it out without dehydrated and everything I had to sleep on the side of the mountain or a tarp it was it was interesting but it's just one of those things it was like well I made it through I got out of there it was difficult it was hell and a half but (laughs) you can push push yourself through it because when you're stranded on the side of a mountain like in life perspective if you're in a you're in a position where you're like man this sucks and everything's hard and, and everything else it's you got to try and convince yourself to keep going. Well, when you're stranded on the side of a mountain, <laughs> you can't really stop. You got to keep going. Yeah. Whether it hurts, whether it sucks, whether your brain is tired, whether your body is tired, you have to find a way to make it.
0: If yeah, not, exactly. Like, it's that. And, and, and exactly. or, you know, you, you can be in some serious danger. <laughs>
2: yeah, You
0: can be yeah. in a really bad spot. And that's something I want to get back to. Um, the Like the lessons that, that uh, you learn from like your, your, uh, when you go on the hunt, uh, you come back, you know, with a new, uh, respect for a certain thing that you learned on, you know, on the mountain or uh, like, a you come back inspired, maybe to, to, to go a little harder. I want to get back to that. And I also want to, I want to intertwine that with how, um, I have, I, I've read and since I started this man under construction, uh, journey, how, uh, it's almost, uh, it's something that the, the modern man is missing and maybe not to the extent that you're, you're going, you know, <laughs> climbing just crazy terrain, but to experience uh, the wild, uh, how it uh, there's a, a link that that nurtures a man's soul. And uh, I've, I've done some reading into that. And it, it's true. And like, even even when I go just for a hike, you know, in, in you know, in the woods. Or, or just like a off, not not like on a track or on the sidewalk, yeah. but off trail. You know, uh, breathing that fresh air. You know, being out there, uh, it, it does something to you, man. It clears your mind. It, it clears your your heart. And uh, that, well, anyways, I want to get back. Uh, I want to get back to that. But uh, when when was it? Uh, when was that? That point where you're like, okay, I can I can do this for a living and, and you know, sustain a living. When, when was that uh, transition or when was that, what was the event like, that caused that?
1: To the company standpoint,
0: um,
1: like how to, uh, you're, you're talking about like making it a career base.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where, where you can make a living off of it. Um, what, what happened or, or were you just hunt, you hunted for a while and all of a sudden, you know, Hey, you know, I can make money off of this or what, no. what was the, what was that, that process there?
1: So actually what had happened, um, it's just one of those like moments where you life like kicks you in the face and then curb stomps you again but um i had built a company years ago in florida i had spent i'd spent everything i me and my family we moved down to florida to um, invest and build a company with another guy and uh, i I had invested everything that we had into it and I had built it up for over a couple of years. And, and the guy, the guy had lied to me the whole time about owning the license and everything. He didn't really technically own the company and he like called me up one day and basically said, I'm like selling all the rights, my rights and everything to it, but you don't have any rights like I was supposed to have. And yeah. he didn't give me anything. So at one point in time, <clears throat> this was on like a Thursday and I have been in the same career, same, same field of work for like ten years at this point.
0: And so, so, tr- so yeah. you worked a just a regular traditional job for a while before you decided. <clears throat> no, no, no,
1: I was in I was in sales, so I was doing um, a residential, commercial, like alarm and surveillance sales. And so we do, I do like big quotes for cameras for apartment complexes, buildings. Um, we do alarms for just all the way down to like an ADT T uh, type thing, where you have an alarm in your house. Um, Oh, okay and so we we built up the company there because it's reoccurring revenue and i had managed offices before that uh had a lot of success in the industry and um so anyways we we went down there and then all of a sudden after it'd been like two years and i built this company up i think we had a we had a really solid evaluation or evaluation and um he called me up told me that stuff and told me he wasn't gonna pay me my i had like a ten thousand dollar check coming that friday and he told me he wasn't gonna pay me and that good luck basically and my rent was due like i think maybe a week and a half later and we had like 400 bucks in the bank and we had nothing and all my we invested everything into it and uh so we packed up and we had to get Uh, her and my dogs up to a friend's house so she could live and I got on a plane and I went out and started working for another company for a little while out in Colorado so I had to be separated from my family for like three or four months and then it was pretty regular I was on the road um, doing stuff like that for those companies and I it it kind of hit me hard enough that I was just like I I want to get out. Eventually I want to move on to something different from my life, but I didn't really know what I had my college. I had my degrees in finance. I had another one in accounting. Um, I was intelligent. I got both of those degrees in two years total in college. Um, wow. And I was one of those kids that like took like 26 credits a semester and just powered through it. Um, Dude,
0: that's how that's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it is hardcore it's hardcore, man um
1: but I, I was always a morning i've always been a morning person so i'd wake up at like four and i'd do all my homework and everything and then i'd get done with classes at like one or two and then then i had the rest of the day to go do whatever i wanted but yeah. um yeah going back to that i I knew that i wanted something different for myself and i didn't even have an instagram at the time i think i think i just started one or something out when i was in colorado that year like maybe a couple months after. Um, actually I know why I started is it. It because the, the owner of the company I was working for, he's, uh, he owns an outfitter in Canada and he's a big time hunter and I, I was a big time hunter anyways, but he, um, he was doing all this like promotion on social media and I was like, well, I might as well start. And then I, there was a, a fitness company or a hunting company that was based around fitness
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the whole back country hunting thing that was, they were, taking like applications for people to come in and uh, get involved with different like training plans and the whole fitness side of the hunting life because you, whether or not when you go back into some of that really stuff, rough country, yeah, it is a, it's a huge mental game, but it also is a physical one from the standpoint that if you really want to go back as far as you want to, you have to be in a better physical condition than not. I mean.
0: Yeah, that uh, that makes sense. I mean, you're carrying all this gear and you're, you're going over pretty, you know, rough terrain. So I, I kind of, at that point, I kind of just said,
1: you know what, why not? Let's let's take a shot, see if I could maybe, and it wasn't a paid position. It was just like a, I don't know, open the door to the industry and see what could happen. And I've always been like a determined person and everything. So uh, <clears throat> I took the chance on that. They let us in and I, it was kind of a, turns out it was kind of a weird situation that ended up happening and the company is no longer around. But um i that <clears throat> that opened the door to it and and I actually almost went and did the marketing for a company down in Austin that is focused around guides and outfitters trying to leave the industry that I was working in and I decided actually the the first the the woman I was with at the time her and I kind of took a coin flip and we decided it was either it was either move to Austin and take this job, which was a good job I and mean, it was a six figure job yeah um to get me out of the industry because we knew that I was unhappy outside of the home and, or I could continue in the job in the market that I was in, but we'd moved to Nashville and start the company that I had an idea of. I had actually tried to kick the idea around with a couple of different people and couldn't find anybody that was really, um, that could really grasp the concept because I had started a business. I had ran a business before. And so I knew how much hard work and dedication go into it. Mm-hmm. And, it's not easy. I mean, it's hard. It's hard on you. It's hard on the family. It's hard on everything. And so, and it's a, I mean, built for the hunt is we don't bring in a lot of revenue at the moment. It's getting better by the second, but it's, uh, that's a lot of work. man. And I didn't know anything about the internet when I started. So it was just kind (laughs) of a learn as you go thing. And it's been, it's been interesting, but, um, we decided, you know what, if it, <clears throat> I'm, since I'm one of those people that's like really, really super driven, and um, I want to, the experiences in life are more important to me than the dollar for the most part. But unfortunately, to have experiences in life, a lot of times you have to have a dollar. And so I, I, we decided to go up to Nashville and I would keep working the regular job that I was, and we'd slowly start to build the company. Which is the, me, which is the company the
0: that it yeah that it is now yep okay yeah, buildforthehunt dot um
1: which is primarily based just around the idea of like fitness and nutrition and hunting and, and um, making sure that people kind of uh, I'm uh, I've been told several times and I'll agree with it that I tend to be more like honest to a fault kind of a person. And so sometimes I open my mouth too much about the idea <laughs> of supplements and nutrition-based and everything else, but it's yeah. primarily like a supplement company that focuses on trying to get people a, a healthier, happier life. But we have, I mean, there's more to it than that because not like I think I had talked to you before, um, <clears throat> before we started recording it about how the hunting industry itself is losing the population battle and as the population begins to fall more and more it's estimated that like i think like 20 percent of the entire hunting population is going to disappear within the next 10 years or nine years now um and the fitness industry is like the obvious immediate connection between people who don't hunt and people who hunt and trying to merge them we we just say bridge the gap all the time because yeah. People in the fitness industry are very interested in like health, healthy food and cleaner eating and cleaner living and stuff like that. And the hunting industry is very, I mean, to go on some of those hunts, uh, you have to be in shape. I mean, even to go hiking, if you want to go hiking in the, the summertime, I mean, you can't just get off the couch after spending the entire winter and eating sugar cookies and go hiking. You <laughs> And so yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. You try to go out there and uh, (laughs) you'll get beat (laughs) up.
1: So it, it made sense to kind of open it up. There's been a number of supplement and fitness companies open up in the hunting industry in the last five or six years, but everybody was direct to consumer. And so since I grew up in Idaho, where bodybuilding.com was founded, we, we decided to make the same hub basically. for the outdoorsman and the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is the uh when we started reaching out to supplement and outdoor or supplement companies and nutrition companies and stuff about being involved um letting us like sell their products and everything you would be amazed at how many of those companies they won't put their name on it they wouldn't come on board because of they don't they don't want to be known as somebody who backs like the killing of animals or well,
0: uh, that and and more like the backlash, yeah. the backlash from virtue signal, signaling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll take uh, it out as lightly as you can, but yeah, so they, it, and it kind of surprised me. So it's, it's one of those things, especially when the hunting industry and the outdoor industry is in such jeopardy of like losing public lands and losing your ability to go do anything yeah. um, that, that's important to support the people that support you and so it that's kind of been another agenda in the middle of it is making sure that we have companies that support us and they'll be involved with us no matter what we do and they're not just in it for the well i mean of course they're in it for the dollar but they uh at the same time we wanted to bring companies who also like believe and supported the actual mm-hmm. industry itself and they weren't afraid of what somebody was going to say if somebody goes out and shoots an animal with a bow or a gun or something like that as long as we do it respectfully then yeah
0: and uh and before like before we started recording I actually mentioned that to you that uh your approach to it is is something that I admire and respect um it's not like a how could i say it it's not barbaric you know um you, you almost have this reverence for it, it's almost like a an art uh, is the way that it's portrayed the way uh you talk about it the way you uh some of the content that you share it's It's in a respectful way, uh not um, not like a lot of people would categorize you as. Um, yeah. um, you know you understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I do. it's um I mean <clears throat> life has taught me to be an emotional dude. <laughs> and um,
0: you know what before before we go on and that's that's one thing I get uh, I got from you. I got this vibe from you like uh, I see you on your Instagram man you got this this you know this killer beard. <laughs> You, you, you're, pretty, you're pretty stacked you know you, you look like a rugged dude but uh in talking with you I was like man this guy's a this guy's a big bear man he's just you know he, he he looks like he he you know he owns the room when he walks in there but I think you know what I can get you know I think this guy's this guy's a big bear you
1: know I have a lot of confidence in in who I am and my capabilities and what like I bring to the table because I mean I do know that I've been good at basically everything I've ever tried and I've and, and I work hard like harder than most people can ever imagine people think that I live like this glamorous life but I wake up at 3 a.m. And I start working at 4 and I get done at 1 or 2 I go to the gym and then I come back home and I work I get in the office and that's just that's just my yeah. life and I, I bust my ass and and uh,
0: there's something to, like a lot of
1: people be like you're gifted or whatever and now I work my ass off but yeah um,
0: and I, I can see that but like, I can I can definitely see that in the stuff <laughs> you, you share and and the stuff that, uh, some of the, the little, uh, insights you give on your stories. Uh, yeah, man, I can definitely tell that your work, your work ethic is, yeah. is solid,
1: but I, I've been beat up by life several different times and, you know, there's some of it's my fault. Some of it are mistakes that I've made that I've had to learn from and yeah. lessons learned. And, and you have to, you have to be able to internalize all of it and, and uh, recognize what happens and you have to keep going. And, you know, as, as I got I mean, going all the way back to even when I was a kid, probably a memory that that I don't really I don't really remember it, but I know that it probably changed the path of the person that I was. It was I was there when I had a I had a kid brother, and he passed at the babysitter when we were kids, mm-hmm. and um, trying. I'm, sorry, and I'm sure it's um yeah he he didn't wake up from a nap and and. I remember that, but I I don't really remember the time after that. But I'm sure that it kind of affected the way that that I or uh, affected the person I am today. And there was a, several other events throughout my life that
0: yeah, most definitely
1: just kind of made me uh, on the more humble side than anybody. And it did, but it, I was one of those people that didn't really turn cold to everything. But I, I I'm confident in myself and, and everything I do and and, whatnot. and when I when we go into the whole hunting idea and the how I respect the animal and and whatnot. The, um, when I was younger, when you're taught at a young age to hunt, you don't necessarily understand what you're doing. And there's a disconnect in some of hunters as they get older, that they don't, they they never actually grasp the concept of what they did. And that, because you start so young. And I think that, you could probably even go into like war and stuff like that when when kids in different countries and stuff are taught war at a very young age that there's probably a disconnect to it. And same thing goes with hunting and I think as I became more humble and everything and I transitioned into bow hunting, like you're very up close and personal with the animal and if you're gonna, I guess from a respect standpoint, if you're gonna kill something and I hate, I honestly, I don't like that word, <laughs> but I, I try to use harvest a lot. But if you're, if you're going to take another, an animal, if you're going to kill an animal, like you, you want it to go quickly because you don't, you wouldn't want to suffer through anything. You would want to give that, You want everything to be respectful and quick and die as quick as possible if it was going to be on you. And so why would I want anything different for that animal that I'm going to take? And so I'm, I make sure to train myself from everything from, the actual shot placement to understanding the anatomy of the animal, what I'm hunting, where I'm hunting at, the terrain, practicing different shots. Yeah. making sure making sure that I know that when I take that shot, it's it's gonna be quick and painless as possible.
0: And and that's that's admirable. That <laughs> is and uh I mean I'm not very uh familiar with the hunting community, but um based on, on some of the stuff that, that you've shared, it, is 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 that a large uh, a group of you guys? Like, is that a large group of the community, or is like, is it split half and half? Where like they hunt and just like uh, are are barbaric about it or, or disrespectful about it? I, I do recall. No, uh, I Go ahead. No, I do recall you. Uh, I know uh, you were you got a little emotional, and I know, and I can tell that you're passionate <laughs> about it uh, when you shared it. Uh, that you were talking about, like, you know, there's no need for some some of the stuff that, you know, uh, other hunters are putting out there. Is is that a a big uh, part of the community or is it just like, you know, fragments of it? I'm going to blame social media at that point. (laughs) I am.
1: and, And it does suck because it does, it makes the community and the people and everything look bad because I mean, when I was growing up and even now, like, if you shot something like you might take a picture with it and everything, but it was just, it, it was never anything like stupid. And <laughs> nowadays, and, and it's not anything to laugh about, but some people will take like photos that are just absurd, obnoxious and they're disrespectful in my opinion. And people will post that stuff, but people do it with every aspect of life. And yeah. And now yeah, especially for, especially for social media people do it for the likes and the comments and the following and mm-hmm. everybody wants to be famous. And, and, uh, you know, I don't honestly like, yeah, I have a decent following on social media and I do these, I have a, a filmed hunt and everything, but that is like the farthest thing from my interest. I don't, I don't want all the attention on me. I don't want any of that stuff. But I, at the same time, if, if I have to be a voice to try and keep people from being dumb about it and pe- then not, I guess, uh, making sure that people understand like what they're doing and being respectful to what they do and treating the whole community in the process correctly. Then, so be it, I'll, I'll stand up for it, but there it's, I don't think it's that many, it's not that many people that actually do it, but it is something that, that does happen. And I'm, I'm guessing it part of it's how you're raised. I mean, it goes, it goes everything into how somebody is acts even in their twenties and thirties or how they treat people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that has to do something with parenting in the home or how you were raised or anything else. It's, it's no different.
0: So it kind of sounds like, like it's kind of like those few, kind of like for, for us men and how uh, our masculinity exactly. is, is, is uh, <laughs> under attack only because of, uh, of a few uh, handful of people who decided to misuse their strength. You know, it gets labeled mm-hmm. on everybody. So
1: pretty much and so like if somebody sees one hunter do something bad then of course the media is going to take that one person and yeah. run the whole community through the ringer and it's unfortunate it's just but that's
0: and the, and the thing of. is that that the uh, hunting is uh, the aspect of it is is kind of fragile because of uh you know just uh, certain communities that are I guess I could say PETA or whatnot, animal rights people.
1: Um, i to really start on those people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, you well, know, uh, <laughs> I understand. What maybe you're maybe I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't have opened that door.
1: Yeah, no, but, uh, I, I mean I understand what people are saying from that standpoint because they want to see. I mean, shoot, I have the my ex now. I have two little dogs. They're they're miniature huskies, and they look like little wolves. Yeah. And, uh, but if I saw a wolf in the wild, like I would shoot without a question. And she, she would have disowned me at the time. I mean, she disowned me anyways. But
0: <laughs> oh, was she, uh, was she uh, a large gone. animal uh, uh, rights no, no, no. activist? He, no, she actually, um,
1: she, she loved the idea that like I would go hunting and, and I worked hard for it and okay. the, the food that I would bring home. She actually got to the point where, um, she would help me process it. Actually, one year I was in there for like 15 days by myself and uh,
0: on a, I on a shot, trek, like, like a hunt. A hunt.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was pretty rough. I had a, a I could have shot one in the very a, a big bullet up the very first day. And then I didn't cause I, I don't know that's just who I am. And uh, I don't, I don't wait 12 months to shoot one on the first day and then my whole hunting year's over.
0: Um, <laughs> I want to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. You want to experience uh, the, the actual <clears throat> trip too. Yeah. I, yeah I, I totally get that.
1: So I was, I was up there, I was up there for like 15 days and I finally like radioed in cause I, I carry a satellite radio with me just in case, cause there's no cell phone service. You can't talk to anybody, Yeah. And, uh, but I can still like text out through, it's called a Garmin in reach. So no matter where you're at, you can reach somebody or a helicopter or anything in case something bad happens. Cause I put myself in some awkward, bad situations but um the i had messaged in telling her that i was ready to come home she had to come get me because usually people just drop me off in the wilderness and i go out there by myself and uh on the day that she was driving up to go to come get me the next morning i text her and i said well you're, you're gonna have to grab a pack and you're gonna have to come help me because i shot one that morning yeah. and so she <laughs> she uh she was a trooper at the time she she threw a pack on and Hike back in there about three and a half miles from camp, and and watch me break the whole thing down, and help me pack. She helped me pack out two hundred some pounds of, of meat and the head and everything oh, out wow. of the, the middle of the the backcountry. And then she learned to she learned to help me process it because I, I don't take the animal to the butcher. I learned how to process it um, when I was younger and how to break it all down, and that way I know exactly what cut is what and how to cook it and yeah. what's in it and everything else. And, and it's just kind of a the whole whole experience she she kind of grabbed onto it and she seemed to enjoy it she liked the outdoors. she came from a smaller town smaller like a mountain town actually out of idaho but we'd lived in florida for a long time but uh yeah i don't know i don't know where she lives or anything now but (laughs) (laughs) it's probably better that way (laughs) yeah she just was she was just a thing where our dogs resemble wolves too much so or my dogs oh okay too okay
0: much. and through that through that perspective she would have disowned yeah. you. the wolf topic you. is very
1: the wolf topic is a very difficult one and it's a very controversial one in, in general so mm-hmm. um, like i i know that the the population has to be controlled and but it's the same way with everything with every every animal and everything else like if you and people don't understand a lot of people don't understand that like if the population gets out of control then that's when like disease and everything else spreads and it's the same thing with like even even timber and logging and stuff like that Then like or fi- and, and fires shoot i mean if you don't if you don't maintain the land you don't maintain the population of everything it gets yeah. out of control
0: and, and that's one yeah. thing I, I think that uh, a lot of people don't understand they there there needs to be like a balance uh yeah. between between the two you know to uh, they think if oh just let everything run wild uh yeah you run the risk of other things happening and yeah and it's i don't know it's
1: still hard for a lot of people cuz they'll, they'll fire back and be like well the animals are there first and I, it it gets really rough i get i actually get death threats and stuff like that for what really? i really
0: yeah I, I i mean i would i would expect hate but really okay. death threats
1: i've been i've been told people are going to kill my dogs and and, oh uh, man! It's... And then they're gonna they're gonna make me watch it, and uh I've been told stuff like they're gonna hunt me down, and I don't even know. I'm just like, well, what are you gonna hunt me down with? Like, good luck if <laughs> I go out there. And I I hunt by myself for 15 <laughs> days with a stick and string. Like, come on! But at the same time, <clears throat> I mean, teach their own if they want to voice their opinions about it. The whole no time, but yeah, I just, block, I just block them. But yeah, I have. I haven't had any lately. It seems like the women in the hunting industry actually get more death threats than the men ever dreamed of. But I still get quite a few of them.
0: So Yeah, that's you know what that's weird. I'm trying to I'm trying to find maybe uh, uh, some logic to it. But yeah, you know, I had a long day at work, so I can't think too too well right now. So that's cool. So um, I wanted to. I also wanted to, to ask you. Uh, I I know, like we were talking about earlier how uh when you go out on a hunt you 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 get you gain new perspective you learn certain things and what are some of the lessons that that uh you you that come to your mind like some of the most profound lessons you've, you've come back or, you know you've taken uh in when you come back from a hunt
1: you know it goes back to the idea of um... I think I talked about it on a story the other day and I posted it several times. It's like when a mind is, I think the quotes like when a mind is stretched by a new experience, it can never go back to its old dimensions. And that quote kind of dives deep because it just the hunting in the backcountry and living off of the land sometimes, like when we were back there this year, like I had, I shot grouse and stuff like that when we were in there to give us like more food um because you can't pack everything in and learning to survive off of stuff like that at a minimal standpoint um i guess it teaches you several things from
0: like appreciate some of the things you got like or appreciate some of the things we take for granted is that
1: oh well that for sure i guess i hadn't gone down that right but yeah,
0: just how to,
1: I mean, there's, there's lessons from survival to what you're mentally and physically able to do and, and, um, yeah, appreciation for everything that you have. And, and, you know, I kind of like the simple life and the idea of disappearing shoot, if I could, if I could move away into a small cabin somewhere on a lake, like I'd probably do it, get rid of my phone, but um, (laughs) yeah, I would. Let's go back to landline days. Um, But yeah, still uh, appreciating like everything that you're able to do and how capable everything is and, and like even being able to get in a car and reach some of those places like that wasn't, that wasn't the case years ago and life was a lot harder and, and uh, learning to survive on your own to a certain standpoint, like learning to be dependent on yourself and learning to under, and you know when you disappear back in there a lot of times you, especially when I'm by myself,
0: how about about, like learning to trust yourself
1: well and and that's kind of the route i was going is just getting a better understanding of who you are and what you're capable of and yeah yeah, trusting yourself and believing in believing in yourself in general because i've gotten stuck in some really bad spots (laughs) like (laughs) i'm one of those guys that if if i want to know what's on the other side of that hill over there like four miles away i'm just going to go and then when you got to come back well, that sucks, but
0: we uh, <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll take, take on that terrible. problem when yeah, when it gets when you,
1: there exactly, and so <clears throat> you know and and um I guess you know if I'm going to get down to it, I live life very <clears throat> risky to a standpoint where you know what if I, I feel like i I feel like if there's a chance of something going my way or of happiness or anything like that like. I'll weigh the consequences of it and but chances are I'm going to take a risk I'm not going to sit back and and do nothing about it and and I feel that that's kind of the same way that you learn to do some of that stuff when you're back there because you're not you're not going to get you're not going to have the experience if you don't take take the risk to go back there and do it and I've come out dehydrated and come out sick and everything else but at the same time like I learned something from it I learned like what I'm capable of I learned <clears throat> I mean, there's been spots where like, it's like, man, I don't I don't want to get out. I can't get out of here. Like, my body hurts. If you're in pain. You don't want to move. This is the worst moment of your life. And uh, you're 200 pounds on your back or 150 pounds on your back and you're trying to climb out of some nasty hole somewhere. And, you know, you can't stop. You just have to. You have to you have to train your brain to make it farther than you can ever imagine. And no matter what life is gonna like, turn around and throw at you from that standpoint, you have to be able to to accept it, accept where you're at, accept what you're doing, and find a way to stand up and keep going. And, uh, and, and that's,
0: that's something that, that's important. And I, I wanna, uh, I know I mentioned it earlier that I wanted to talk about how, I, I think it's essential for, for men to experience maybe, <laughs> You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say it, not to the extent that you go. <laughs> you know, although although that would be totally awesome, uh, from from my perspective, because I love the outdoors and I wish I could get uh, into it more, but I, I think that's a part of us that that's missing uh, to experience, like you were talking about risk. And I think that is uh, affecting a lot of the guys out there today, especially in the uh, in the perspective or the way that I'm trying to reach out, like through my page, how I reach out to guys. And um, I think the risk factor and the danger factor is is missing in a lot of guys. It, it's what I mean it, if you think about it. When we're boys, I mean our our childhood is based on risk and danger. We're jumping off of stuff <laughs> yeah. where, you know, we're wrestling each other, breaking each other's arms and, you know, there's danger to it. And, but we yeah. feel, I mean, we get hurt, but we feel so alive. And as we get older, we, we get domesticated. Uh, yeah. But just because we, we get domesticated, does that uh, natural inclination to be dangerous go away or does it just get suppressed? And uh, I, I, I believe that it just gets suppressed and it builds up and and it manifests. It's manifesting itself in different ways, um, as far as like you know, mental health issue, issues with guys or, or guys lashing out against you know their family. It's all that suppression of, of natural tendencies that males have. Yeah, uh, it, it, if I, am I making sense? I, I hope I'm. Yes, I'm you are. And I'm
1: trying to. I'm I'm listening, and then I'm trying to like formulate something to kind of add to
0: it oh, okay yeah, yeah so to- so i definitely i definitely feel that and it like i said it doesn't have to be a huge you know hunt like yours but even just you know grabbing a couple of guys and going out there in the wild and just hanging out for a little bit you know what i'm saying just yeah. experience the, the the outdoor life i think it, it the the element of risk and the unknown brings the male uh the the masculine the masculine soul alive and it, it's needed nowadays. And it
1: and like you said, it doesn't have to be anything crazy like I do. I mean, think about <clears throat> think about sometimes if life is like really stressful and, and seems overwhelming, seems like the walls are kind of caving in from that standpoint. Just just getting outside and even walking off the path like you had mentioned. Um, just walking out. I mean shoot, it could be in a field, you could go out to the the closest I mean park even getting fresh air and everything like that it just does something there's something about it in general that I'm sure there's some scientific reason behind it, but it uh,
0: actually it, I was I was reading this book decompresses everything yeah I was I was um and I'm not sure and you I've never expressed it uh I'm not sure if you're a person of faith you know god or or like um, I'm not sure where you stand on that mm-hmm. but, but I, uh, I well I believe I am actually a musician in my church and you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a pure, I'm a person of faith. And I was reading a book that made the, the connection. All right. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties, but we were able to get a, a connection again. But um, like I was saying, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're, you're well familiar with the story of Adam and Adam and Eve. Right. I mean, everybody is. And uh, Adam was made from, from the ground. Mm-hmm. And the story, the, the, you know, that's the, the way the story goes in the Bible, and um, if you core, if you make that connection to maybe uh, perhaps our longing, you know, or we, we we feel alive when we're back out in the wild uh, because you know our our forefather or our or, you know the first Adam was mm-hmm. built was created from the very earth that that uh, that we walk around. So when we go when we go uh, out into the wild, we make this. It's almost like a spiritual a spiritual connect, a connection. You know what I'm okay. saying? It's almost like yeah. going back to the original source, going back. Nice. You know, see, you understand what I'm saying? Like going back home. Yeah. So right. uh, I was reading about that, and I found it very interesting. And uh, how, and it's very true. I know that when I go out there, and uh, like I said, it can be something simple. Go out for a run, or or go out for a hike there's something that comes alive in, in me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure every time you, perhaps every time you go out on your hunt or you even, even maybe not a hunt, but when you go out and connect, you know, with, with the outdoors, there's this kind of like awakening inside you. And it's really uh, a, almost like a spiritual, con- spiritual connection back to the original source where, you know, yeah. man was created. And that's, uh, that's given a, a, from a spirit, you know, a faith-based perspective. Yeah.
1: And I, and it and I can really completely see. I mean, even this morning, I went out and did that little filmed photo shoot and commercial, and yeah, I was in three feet of snow. But <laughs> to just to get away, I mean, even though I could see the city, we were close enough. But it, you're just kind of out there, and and get a, everything from the fresh air to there's no buildings. You're no there's no like you're not engulfed or encased by anything and and um, your stress and everything else just kind of floats off at that standpoint you get to experience just what's what's out there it's just you and and the open terrain and the open country and it, I <clears throat> I guess almost to the the standpoint that the possibilities are endless at that standpoint
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and you can can look around and you have nowhere, nobody's telling you what to go. There's no traffic lights. There's no stop signs, no nothing. And you get to just kind of let it all go and, and be yourself and, and understand more about yourself at that standpoint. Which direction are you going to go? Which route are you going to choose? Yeah. Why did you choose that route? Um And and it teaches you what kind of person you're going to be from that standpoint, even. Because if you're the guy that's going to stick on the road and enjoy the the cabin or the truck or something compared to the guy that is going to throw a 50-pound pack on and go live off of the land for 10 days, like, it just, it it teaches you more about who you are and and how to, I guess, be in more, uh, be in touch with yourself and, yeah.
0: You're yeah. And I, I can uh and given like from the example that I that I gave, uh how it's refreshing to the soul. Uh it, like I guess I from based on your own experience and from what you're telling me, I mean, not only is it a mental escape, but it's almost like a, a spiritual journey as well. You know, you get to yeah. discover parts of yourself. And uh, man, I think I think that's that's missing in a lot of modern men. I know it's missing in my life, like to yeah. be able to experience that. And it's an essential part of manhood. It's an essential part of masculinity.
1: And yeah, and then in and, and I'm gonna tell I'll tell a story. I don't I don't know if the guy'll ever hear it, but I remember a guy reaching out onto my page one time and it was a good reflection to me, but <clears throat> um, because I, I graduated with degrees in finance and accounting and he was he's a guy that works in New York City now and he but he grew up out in the west and like a real small town he used to hunt and everything else and uh now he's in the the big city the inner city and and he said like he loves his wife and kids and everything but he just he can't get away from the dream of wanting to get back out into the wild and get back out into the wilderness and being able to go camping and hiking and hunting and and just disappear if he needs to and he said like he reached out to me one time which and i felt like it was kind of interesting because if, this was a guy that was very successful. He's very successful in life. Um, but he's successful from a keeping up with the Joneses standpoint.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's successful from a monetary value, but there's something missing in his life. And he feels like he's restrained, restricted in what he's able to do because of, because of the way that that the world has to be around him, that he's kind of trapped in a sense
0: yeah and um that's probably domesticated
1: uh, yeah like you said and and um so to be able to and and, yeah and, and it's so frowned upon nowadays to be able to speak your mind and everything else and now from a religious standpoint i'm not big on religion i believe in faith but i i had a buddy call me not too long ago and he was trying to and he was telling me that they're doing something within their church that has to do with um Te- like taking people out and teaching them to taking taking men out and basically teaching them to be men again, uh, mm-hmm. to a certain standpoint. Because you said like even if you go back and you read some of the stuff about like the disciples and everything, like those guys were they were like brutes.
2: They were <laughs> they fishermen. Were like,
1: yeah, they were. I mean, they were gonna they were gonna beat your ass and everything else. If they came down. <laughs> like, that's that's yeah. like the stories and everything. That yeah, go in. yeah.
0: One like, of I them one of them uh, drew a sword and cut a an ear off because they threatened they threatened jesus so yeah man they were they were pretty ruthless. people don't
1: hear that side of things and they um and it's just like okay well where did the disconnect come from where did where did we have to be so cautious about everything that we do now i understand to be respectful mm-hmm. and that's probably part of where i came up with with being hit by life a few times and being humbled and uh but then also like the hunting standpoint. Um even going back to the hunting standpoint, that was like a disconnect and it was when you when you grow up and you hunt so young you don't realize what you're doing. But then for people like you, if you were to get into hunting now or people that get into hunting later on in life, it's so much more of an emotional experience. And it changes people. Um but just being able to to understand all of those different things about like how people used to be, how men used to be, how um, I, it's so frowned upon you're not allowed to do anything nowadays and it's just like I don't understand it but
0: yeah and dude, that's it, that's it, exactly what <clears throat> I try to um, and, and you I mean you see the the stuff I share that's exactly what what I try to push out there that you know we've we've lost something, and what we've lost is not necessarily bad. Yeah. it's it's essential it's it's a part of us and if we continue to go with uh that part neglected um there there will be consequences for that i think too it has to go with the idea of
1: as it now as i've gotten older and as things have happened and life has changed and i've gotten to the point where you know what i i just want to be who i am inside like be the man that i am be the person that i am and i'll say what i have to and and i will own everything that i say and everything that i do and a lot of times people want to shift the blame on somebody else or they're so afraid of what somebody's going to think of them like even going back to the guy that he lives in new york like he's he he doesn't want to go hunting or or any of that other stuff because he's afraid of what people will think of him for the Mm -hmm. most part yeah it's part of it. It's like okay, well, that guy went out and he goes, and he killed something. Now that guy's a murderer. And it's like, no, like I harvested an animal, but but there there is a crazy disconnect too because I've had people comment on my page. They're like, why can't you go just like, why can't you go get meat from the grocery store where it's made? And I'm like, where it's made?
0: <laughs> they shipped to the store.
1: No, <laughs> but people think that that it's that it's grown. They don't think that something had to die
0: yeah. for you to
1: get meat. And no. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but no,
0: it's just not talked about. <laughs> it's and it,
1: yeah. And, and so people are, uh, <clears throat> people aren't educated, I guess, anymore. They're, yeah. They're so no, young, yeah, a hundred percent. That
0: is, that is a hundred percent. And, um, uh, man, be, uh, before we, we, we let you go. Any, any final thoughts, man? I know we, we've, we've touched on several topics, uh, but anything, uh, anything on your mind or your heart you'd want to share for, for the listeners out there. Uh, you know, if there was, <laughs> I kind of I put you on the spot, right? It,
1: if, if there was any law, lo- you know, like I said, I've been through several different things in, in life and life's beat me down. I've had to stand back up a few times, more than a few. Um, <clears throat> if anything, it's learning to be aware of like your surroundings and and uh, everything that's going on. Learning to to learn about yourself and be aware of yourself and how you're acting and how you're treating people, and and making an effort to change because there's so many people out there now that that they don't they want to, well, like I said, they blame everybody else for everything. And it's, it's is, is
0: this, and is this something like uh, from a personal experience or is this something that not ex- you've learned?
1: You know, not, not blaming people. Um, but there was a point in my life where <clears throat> I let things from one aspect of life bleed over into the other, bleed over into the other. And it, it made, uh-huh. life, it made life hard and made life miserable at some point points, and not, not being able to grasp what was taking place and not being aware of like how my actions were, how my like mental state, and how my actions and everything were um, affecting other people and, and causing, causing discomfort and everything in my life and, and not realizing it um, because it, and that goes back to the idea of being able to get out there and experience like get out in the nature and everything else and then you get to learn more about yourself. you get to see way more and I mean people can do it through meditation. they can do it through however they want to. I go disappear into the woods for ten days and that's what I need to survive mentally then that's, that's what it needs to do. but learning to understand yourself and learning to understand who you are and not being afraid of what people think because it's it's not about keeping up with the Joneses. it's not and that was that was something I had to learn when I was younger because I was always I wanted to be what everybody else wanted me to be. Yeah. And that was, that was a long time ago, but it, uh, as I have gotten older, it just became an idea that, that I need to pay attention to who I am and, and go with it that way. And and to learn to change and be willing to accept that I've done things wrong and and learn from my mistakes. And even from a hunting standpoint, you learn from your mistakes. <laughs> like it's, yeah, a, for sure. Man. It's, a, it's a lesson learned. Like um, there'll be the hunt that I just went on will actually go on film at uh, work. We're, we're crossing our fingers that it goes on film tour this year. And it'll be, it'll be in the movie theaters in like 60 or 70 stops across the country. Uh, That's awesome, get man. To see the whole hunt. But in that hunt, like I, I blew it on the same elk three different or twice. I like made mistakes and I had to learn from my mistakes and make sure I didn't do it again. Yeah. And, and I guess you take that aspect of life. You, you consciously think of the mistake that you just made and, and, you make the corrections to better yourself, but you don't do it in life. Sometimes you don't pay attention to. And uh, I just think that that's just something that, that is important because it does affect the people around you and and you just don't realize it sometimes. And so it's then I, you could take it back to learning more about yourself and, and how to getting back to your roots at the same time. Yeah, yeah, definitely man. I
2: appreciate That, that. That
1: would kind of be like, the more inner detailed deep thought kind of stuff but
0: yeah you know <laughs> we, we can we can save that for a, for another pod yeah <laughs> so <laughs> uh,
1: see uh, once in a while so I'll go in yeah I, man I, I, and i i appreciate those i appreciate
0: stuff. those insights man i respect what you do i respect you as uh as a as a fellow brother I and uh, yeah way. yeah definitely i like like i told you man like you you look rough and rugged but I get the feeling inside, you know, you're, you're you're a big teddy bear. So I don't know. I'm I uh, my you,
1: own if I need to, but it's if, yeah. For the <laughs> most part, I'm just humbled. I mean, I'm not gonna go out and be some crazy redneck jerk anymore. Just,
0: <laughs> so um let, let us know where where people can find you. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll put it on the show notes uh, as well, of course. Uh, uh Let us know where you know your uh, relentless hunter. They can find you. That's yep. where you post a lot of your personal stuff, and then also built for yeah. the hunt is the store, right?
1: Yeah. buildforthehunt.com is the website, the online portal. We do a lot of like hunting and it's fitness based content and nutrition and supplements. I think we have another, well, you said you were, you told me one time you used to be a personal trainer. So it does go into the fitness aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even yeah. from a fitness standpoint, that's good for your, your mental capacity. We're going to get down to it. But <clears throat> the, you can find me on like instagram i guess is a is, uh, relentless hunter with it it's just h-n-t-r at the end and then uh, we do a bunch of different trade shows actually the first of february i don't know when this is going to air but the first of february uh we have a 10-day show in harrisburg pennsylvania so people can come out and like meet us if they really felt like it um and then we'll do a couple different ones across the country at different times and
0: will you be and, in uh, texas any anytime oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I don't know if I'll be in Texas this year, uh, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. But we have I have a bunch of friends and everything down there in Texas and and uh I don't know if the ash are gonna be good anymore. I, that kinda got a little sticky the last few days, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I I, I recall I your know, post. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, that was a great experience. That was one of those experience things that I you know what, I'll never regret it. I spent a lot of money on that, but it was fun. Um yeah. But, yeah, no, I'll probably be down there. Uh, if not, probably. Yeah, actually, I will, because I got to go down to Birmingham, Alabama in uh, June, I think, sometime. So I'll, we have to go all the way down towards, like, Dallas anyways. So. Uh, yeah,
0: we'll, uh, well, I mean, uh, we can talk about this after the podcast, right. but... Uh, <laughs> um yeah i'll be
1: um i'm all over all the time if you go onto the website we just we have like an events calendar and where i'll be people can stop in and say hi like i don't i mean i don't even have to talk about hunting half the time people want to know all sorts of different stuff and where i've been like i've traveled the world i've experienced some crazy stuff um and and hunting just is is a part of it now so i get to i get to travel around i know i have hunts coming up in different states and and uh eventually in, in different countries we're looking at Australia, though Australia is in some trouble right now.
0: And oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And definitely uh, um, keep them in our prayers and make sure everything settles, yeah. settles down over there.
1: Hopefully. Um, so, yeah, They you can find me on the builtforthehunt.com or or Instagram and everything is builtforthehunt uh, with the number four, I guess we should say. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, and, yeah. and uh, don't worry about it. We're, I'm, I'll, uh, I'll link everything on the show yeah, notes. I'll that way that. people can have some easy access to that. So, so okay. once again, my man, I I really appreciate you just sitting down and, and sharing, uh, you, you know your your passion, sharing your heart, what you you know sharing the lessons that you've learned. I really appreciate that, and I hope we can do it again sometime.
1: Yeah, we'll have to. Thanks. I, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate what you're doing because unfortunately, there's people need to hear it. Um, everything else that that's going on instead of instead of tucking themselves away and hiding and everything else. So thank you. Yes, for sir. Me.
0: Thank you very much. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk next time.
1: All right. Thanks.
0: All right. Thank you once again, Jeff, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story and for putting your guard down a little bit and then sharing part of your story, who you are. I know it's not easy for guys to do that, but it's it's very touching, and I know that that it it resonates with men out there. And I thank you once again, and thank you guys for listening to uh, today's podcast. And there is more to come, so uh, hang on and continue to stay with us.